Fucking shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Savage Snowflake podcast, the first ever live installment of the SSP. Good to have you guys rejoining us. Uh, thank you very much for being here. We are doing it live right now on YouTube and on Facebook. We've got a whole load of viewers joining in with us. This is actually part of a 12-hour live stream that I've been doing over the course of today. Obviously, if you're listening to this now back or you're watching the clip on YouTube, then you won't have watched the live stream, I imagine. Or perhaps you will and you're watching this for the second time around. But thank you either way. Um, yes, I decided everyone was quarantined right now, shitting themselves over the coronavirus. So I wanted to give a little bit of entertainment to the masses and decided what's the best and most lunatic way to do that? A 12-hour live stream. So we're currently three hours of the way through. Joining me today, I'm very excited, is an incredibly talented chap. Now, I actually, without even knowing it was him, I actually saw this guy a few years ago on Venice Beach freestyle rapping for people as they were walking on the boardwalk and he started off with a couple of people i was watching going this guy's fucking amazing and then suddenly people started collecting eventually he had a crowd of like 150 people crowded around him um he's blown up since then on youtube his freestyle raps he's appeared on tons of different you know eclectic radio shows more the the hip-hop specific ones he's rapped in front of legends like kendrick lamar it's mr harry mack ladies and gentlemen welcome harry how are you brother I'm yeah. feeling great, man. Thank I'll you. I'll give so you much a round of applause. Yeah. There we go. Really? Even got one of those, seeing as I have the sound machine at my disposal today for the twelve hour live stream. It's good to have you on <laughs> on board, brother. You I, I mean, first of all, did you did you do that Venice Beach freestyle rapping often or was I lucky enough just to see like a one off? Uh so it depends on when you saw it. This was like a few years ago, probably when you saw me, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. before I even moved to America. I don't think I lived here yet. I was just on a holiday visiting. That's amazing. So, so that was probably, um, basically the one and only time that we were there doing that for that year. Um, we, we, cause we went there with the express purpose of making some video content for YouTube. Right. Um, so a lot of people saw the video of me, you know, doing street performances in Venice and assumed that I was like a regular on the Venice strip. Cause there are lots of street performers who, you know, show up and perform on the Venice strip regularly. Absolutely. That's how they make their living, man. Yeah. A lot of the guys totally. make their living that way. Totally. So, um, yeah, but in, in my case, I was just going there. We, we went there for a full day, uh, me and some of my best friends and, and, uh, you know, they were filming me on, on their iPhones and stuff. And we were just trying to see if we could make some noise down there and create some cool content for YouTube. Dude, it's amazing. I mean, obviously since then the career has only spiraled in an upwards direction. Um, yeah. if you don't, if you don't mind me saying as well, I'm, I, I'm not likening you to, to each other, although the music and the improvisational element to it certainly is, uh, you know, is something that you both, you both have, but, uh, right. Mark Rabier as well. I don't know if yes. you're aware of Mark. I mean, oh, yeah. the I'm two of you, fan. Well, there you go. The two of you guys have kind of done this very, very unique thing that, um, you know, is creating improvised music based on your live audience's responses, but right. doing it to a, a level of professionalism that I think is, you know, is, is quite unique. Yes, totally, man. I, no, thanks for mentioning that. I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, of Mark Rebier and everything that he's doing. And um, yeah, you know, that was always kind of my goal is, is I love improv in general. I just love the, the energy of live improvisation. But, you know, I didn't want to do it in a way where it was like, well, it's okay for improv. You know, I wanted to try to do it at a level where it was like, no, this is really great, period. And it just elevates it that much further to know that it was actually made up on the spot. Well, that, that, that leads me into my next, my next question then, which is, uh, were you, 
uh, a rap fan from childhood are you like i was a rap fan who then got into the art of improv and freestyling like that um and now this is what i do or was it more a case of i love the idea of creating music in an improv uh, improvisational style and uh hey rap lends itself to that and now that i'm getting all this attention all this interest i really should develop my skills as a as a, as a rap artist you know right right yeah for me no it definitely started with a love for hip-hop music um I basically uh, found out about, you know, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, so there wasn't like a lot of hip hop happening all around me um, in the city I was from. But um, when I was probably in third grade or so, my older sister told me, hey, you should listen to Jammin' 95.5, which was the hip hop station in Portland at the time. And yeah. she basically said, all of us are listening to that. That's what the cool kids are listening to. She was my older sister. So I was like, all right, I'm doing that. You know, right, right, and, right. Uh, started listening to rap radio. And, you know, this was like, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was hearing a lot of like, at the time it was like Fabulous and Nelly was huge, Ja Rule and Ashanti. And also, you know, some some uh, some legends, Nas, Jay-Z were, were obviously big, Eminem, Snoop, all of that stuff. And, and just uh, fell in love with the music. And, um, you know, my best friends all fell in love with it too, <laughs> all around the same time. And um, so we were just obsessed with hip hop. And, and starting way back in sixth grade, you know, my friend Brady actually got like a, a starter set of turntables for Christmas. And we had like a cheap $20 Radio Shack mic. And we would just go kick it at his house like almost every day after school and plug the mic in and try to do our little raps and fr start freestyling. And, you know, we were terrible at it. But um, <laughs> well, that, that's the level that I'm at currently. I'm yeah, still no. I'm still terrible at it. But I drive around my car. I literally have a playlist on Spotify and it's called yeah. Four Bars. And it's just it's just fucking, you know, for, for, for bars. It's just for like freestyle and rapping in traffic yeah. and when I'm driving around. And I got about 300 fucking songs in there now. And they're all, you know, all instrumentals. Yes, I love it, man. That, that's where it starts straight up. Like, you know, people will see my videos now and be like, man, how does it feel, you know, to be born with this incredible gift? And I'm like, man, I, I wouldn't know how that feels because I wasn't born with an right, right. ability to freestyle. Um, we were just messing around and having fun as kids because we loved hip hop so much. We wanted to try to contribute somehow. Um, and, uh, you know, it just grew from there. Right. I, yeah. I also know that you, you create your own music. It's not just I don't want to uh, paint it like you're only uh, doing these freestyle, improvised freestyle raps or, you know, people showing right. you items and you rap about them straight off the cuff. Um, right. And also, that, but, but there is a bit of a, a formulaic nature to, to improv rap that I've seen, certainly with, yeah. uh, with yourself and with other, other people who've really dominated in the, in the area, which is yeah. like if someone holds something up, you know yeah. that's the, you put that as your second line. So you know that like yeah. um, Can or Red Bull is going right. to be the ending punch. So it's like, well, what do I put that rhymes with that before? You know exactly. what I mean? So it'd be like, yes. uh, I'm checking out this girl hoping I can pull maybe go to the bar, buy a can of Red Bull. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Yes. So you, you like flip it the other way around. Whereas sometimes when I'm trying to improvise, I completely fuck that up and I just try and lay out the first punch or the lay, lay out the first tag at the end of the line and it right. fucks you up. How did you, do you, did you learn that from someone, your, your way of doing it? Or was this just something that naturally over time you went, actually there is quite a, a scientific nature to creation of improv rap? Yeah, that's a great question. And also a great observation. Um, that's totally the answer is I, I call it the setup punchline technique or punchline setup. 
Yeah, right. Because it's like, you know, like you say, rather than being reactionary where somebody holds up a Red Bull, you know, a lot of times when you're first starting out, that's what will happen is it's very reactionary. Somebody holds up a Red Bull and you're like, yo, he's got the Red Bull and I'm out here spitting from the soul. I'm just uh, trying to keep control. And you kind of yeah, yeah, go yeah. off from there and just sort of free associate with rhymes. I call that the free flowing approach. Which so is really have- fucking hard. That's really <laughs> fucking hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. And it can be really dope. You know, there are people who have, have uh, become really comfortable in that sort of free-flowing space right. and are really good at, at making that work. But a lot of times what I'm doing, I, I use a little bit of the free-flowing approach at times. But a, most of the time, as you've noticed, especially if I'm doing like a visual freestyle based on objects and things, um, I am using this sort of setup punchline where I'm storing Red Bull as a target word. And I'm aiming for that, but first I'm going to set it up with something that rhymes with it so I can really hit hard on the target. Um, I'm going to spit so hard, i got to wet this fool. Yes. Just like a spray can filled with Red Bull or some shit like that, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And and that's super powerful. Do you like how I'm looking for validation from you already? It was that okay? Am I hip-hop now? Am I a gangster? (laughs) Wait, bro, you get get my approval. You get my approval so far. I haven't heard a lot, but from what I've heard, you're on the right track, man. Well, you know what? I definitely don't have the talent that you have. Uh, It's a very... No, no, no. Honestly, because I've I've watched it, and as much as I like the idea of writing writing some rap music with some buddies, produced buddies of mine, I know that... um, I don't have the same, I don't have the rap talent that you have, that natural inherent, I, you've been doing this for years to develop, right. you know, just the way, the, the flow of your, of your lyrics and they, they come out of you. Uh, but what I am is a good improv comedy actor. Right. You right. know what I mean? So just yeah. coming up with a rhyme is easy for me. But right. making it make as much sense or giving it the, lev- the added level of depth. And this is what I think separates you from, you know, I started with the question about is this a formulaic thing and a scientific approach to it, which it right. clearly is in one respect. There's also right. another part to it, which is you can be formulaic and scientific, but then you have to have the depth of imagination and metaphoric, uh, metaphorical ability right. to make it clever and really go, oh, holy shit, he led me down the wrong path and then flipped it for yes. that punchline. Yes, 100%. It's, you know, there's the technique, um, you know, the formulaic part, like you mentioned, and, you know, that's what you practice, you know, and and I spent years practicing that, just trying to figure out how to do a setup punchline thing. Um, You know, and and going back to what you had asked of where I I got that from, it totally came from checking out great lyrical improvisers. You know, the, the first one I was exposed to was actually Wayne Brady on Whose Line Is It Anyway, who would do, you know, improvised songs on the show. And uh, that blew my mind. I you know, he, he he went on Sway in the Sway's universe. He went on Sway in the morning, did like Five he Fingers of it. Death or whatever. Yeah, it was good, but he was very much, look, even that, you could see there was an improv actor rapping. Yes, 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 totally. It didn't yeah, have he, the, it didn't have the swagger and the flow as much, you know what I mean? It was more formulaic and like... Yeah, he's he's coming at it from the from the improv comedy world, um, but still doing a great job applying it to hip hop. And sure. I think... Um, you know, I'm coming at it from the hip hop world. And so, you know, I can learn things from him about the improvisational spirit and sort of bring that back into a rap space. So we're kind of coming at it from different angles, which gives us our uniqueness. But um, but he's phenomenal and definitely, you know, lit my brain up um, when I first discovered him. And then I, you know, discovered MC Supernatural, who's an incredible um, freestyle MC in the hip hop space. Through him, learned about this guy named Juice, who's a phenomenal freestyler. And then I learned about King Los and just kept expanding my universe. And I noticed that a lot of times when they were rapping, they were using this technique of this setup 
punchline. And, you know, when it dawned on me, it kind of opened my eyes like, okay, now I know what I need to practice. Have, I, then, have, I, have I given away the secret? Is that what I've done now? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, yes, but I actually. Yes, but also <laughs> fuck you, Leech. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. You know, some people have said that to me because I, I teach as well and I have like freestyle students and we work on these techniques and stuff. And some of my friends will be like, man, are you sure you want to give that away? You know, it's kind of like the magician teaching everyone his trick. Now the, yeah. the trick loses some of its value. But I really don't see it that way because even when I discovered the technique, it still took years of practice to be able to execute it. There at you a go. High level. And you also you, your, your level of vocabulary has to be so developed. Right. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that every, you know, why act a rapper or anyone who's, you know, actually making serious music in the world of hip hop and rap, which you do alongside your freestyle rapping as well, is yes. going to get asked, you know, what brought you into this music, which is predominantly of black culture, you know, how did you discover it? What right. was the what was the upbringing? What was the lifestyle there? Was this something from a young age? Yeah, hundred percent. It, it, it uh, you know it, it hit me at a young age, and I don't know what exactly it was about the music that spoke to me so strongly. But from the first second I heard it, you know, there's something very physical about the hip hop beat. It's so rhythmic, and there's so much bass and low end, which just rattles your insides, you know, and and just these hardcore gritty smacking beats that um just gave me a feeling you know in the beginning i think it, it was that simple it was just you know when i felt that beat i literally felt something and and i loved it and and became obsessed and from there getting into the lyrics and understanding you know the the emceeing side of it but i think but at first what, it was just what, was, what was the upbringing though where, where did you where did you come from i mean is is was oh, yeah. hip-hop a part of your you know your local culture or was this really something you know that was yeah. a little bit unique to a, a white kid in oregon it was definitely unique to a white kid in Oregon, 100%. I mean, like, you know, growing up in Portland, Oregon, hip-hop is not a huge part of the culture. There's, there's not a big hip-hop scene there. It's more folk um, music, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of indie rock. Indie, indie rock, rock is yeah. huge in Chuck, Portland. Chuck Taylors and, and emo fringes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that, it was, it's definitely more of a rock city um, traditionally. There's some hip-hop stuff popping for sure, but, but you got to dig a little deeper to find it. So uh, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of different, but me and my friends were so into it that, like, my personal culture was all about hip-hop. You know, as far as, like, me and my homies, that's all we were listening to and talking about and all we wanted to, to learn about. So um, we, we kind of created our own bubble where we were really immersed in, in hip-hop culture and just, uh, you know, wishing we could be closer to it physically, you know. Um, I, do think, I do think that the, 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 the sphere is changing, like the musical sphere from the right. world of hip-hop and rap, that if you step up, like, look, you look at, like, obviously Eminem would be one of the major first, first right. players or purveyors that, but he came from a place where he very much grew up in a neighborhood that was predominantly, predominantly black as far as I know, and he was very much right. on, the, on, the, on the poverty line and the things he was rapping about, he was right. living. Um, right. which, uh, and then little Dicky as a more recent, you know, uh, kind of counterpart to yourself or, or peer, I guess, in the industry, sure. you know, yeah. he, again, very much like when, all right, I'm going to earn my respect by being good at what I do, but right. I'm never going to lie and say I'm from the fucking ghetto and blah, blah, blah. I'm going right. to rap about having, you know, a little dick or wanting to live out my fantasies through this rap persona. Right. And, and that's been successful. Right. What, so what's, where, where, where are you placed amongst that thing? You know, was this a, a cushy life growing up in Oregon? It's like. 
I'm just gonna, <laughs> I just love the music or was it, you know, were you living on the hard streets of Portland? Oh, no, no, no. I, I wasn't living on the hard streets of Portland. There, there, this, are, the are there any hard streets in Portland? I was going to say the hardest streets of Portland are not nearly as hard as uh, <laughs> the hard streets of L.A. or any other. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. West. Portland is is uh, it's a very white city overall, uh, just demographically. And, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not really like that. And I, I you know, I grew up middle class, you know, uh, in a middle class white family in Portland, Oregon. So I don't have a hard story or anything like that. Um, and just like Lil Dicky, who you mentioned, I would never claim to have a hard story. I think people get it confused and think that because so many of the greats, you know, have that background and that was their story. You know, you look at Biggie, you look at, you know, Nas, Jay-Z, the rags to riches, you know, coming up in the slums and, and yeah. making millions. That's sort of like your, you know- your Or even script. the ones who didn't didn't make millions and sort of coming out, you know, like Mob Deep back in the day. That was, right. the, f that was the first rap album I ever got when I was 14 years old. Oh, no, it was yeah. Murder Music. That's a great place to start, man. Mob Deep is amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, it's not about the hard lifestyle necessarily. That, that could be your story. But it, what it's really about is authenticity. And I think that's why Lil Dicky is respected, you know, with his story is because he's authentic to himself. He's not making up a false narrative to try to become popular. He's telling his story. Right, and right. I think especially now with hip hop being so global, it, it really is the most popular music in the world. There's room for every voice now. You know, it's not so narrow minded where, OK, this is the, the narrative of hip hop. This is what we want. It's like everyone can participate. But what's important is that you're not a fraud. You know, right. tell yeah, 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 yeah. Authentically. Talk yeah. about talk about the life you've led, and you can still yes. rap. I mean, look, rap music like like uh, when I was a kid, I was very much uh, like the kids in your hometown in terms of punk and rock music and stuff yeah. like that. But it, we listened to punk rock and hip hop. That was it because right. it was all rebellious and eh, yeah. sort of working class backgrounds. You're a little bit like fuck the world. No one cares about yeah. us, and right. you know. Um, but it was that 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 very much like gave me an outlet for that for that yeah. that frustration and rage. But it, you know, I know that when I was a kid, I very much tried to act with a different kind of swagger to match the musical stylings because I knew I wasn't, as much as I came from a very working class, rough area, right. um, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't, you know, eating beans <laughs> out of a can every day. And, sure, you know, sure. I didn't like, I, no one pulled a gun on me, just right, knives. Right. It was knives in London. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like very low down on the gangster list. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But now as an adult, I think it's, um, I think surely what gets you, I guess, ranked and respected within your industry is turning up like you did on that day in front of, you know, Kendrick Lamar, for instance, one of yeah. your heroes and probably one right. of the most successful members of the hip hop rap community. Yes. And deeply respected. And stepping right. up and showing that you had the fucking chops to to deliver bars in front of him and do it well. Right. Yeah, man. I think, you know, thank you for saying that, by the way. That, that was a huge day for me, obviously. Um, and oh, I could see. I could see at the beginning you were shit in your fucking pants. It was beautiful. Oh, absolutely, bro. <laughs> I was terrified. I was terrified. I mean, I found out morning of that that was going to happen. So I had no time to mentally prepare or anything like that, which is probably for the best, you know, because I, I probably would have overthought thought of, it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that was an incredible moment, and shout out to Jay Cruz and and all of them for for thinking of me and and giving me the call and and letting me do that, and shout out to Kendrick and his whole camp um for for letting me do that. It was amazing, and uh, you know I do think that you know for me um, kind of my mo is having the skill set 
speak for itself, you know, uh, letting the skills sort of be undeniable. And, you know, my, my background is as a drummer. I'm, I'm a jazz drummer as well and, and gigged as a jazz drummer for years. And one of my first drum teachers in Portland, Oregon, told me, you know, don't tell people you're good. Just show people what you do. And if you're good, it, it, it will be undeniable and it will speak for itself. And, I, and that's kind of where I come from is um, so many rappers are just always posturing and flexing like when they're in interviews and, you know, I'm the shit, I'm the shit, I'm the shit. I do that while I'm rapping, but um, you know, I, I don't feel the need to to always be aggressively trying to convince somebody I'm dope. All I have to do, put a beat on and I'll rap and let the skills speak for themselves. And that's kind of how I try to approach it. Beautiful. That's the way yeah. it should be done. Um, I, how how much do you suffer from that um that kind of I guess, you know, in, in, in a in a music um genre that is dominated by people of color as well, and it's a yeah. little bit harder to break out as a yeah. white artist or right. to be or not necessarily to break out but to be respected as a good rapper in the, in the rap community as a white guy yeah. especially from a middle class background in portland oregon right, uh, right. How, how much do you how much do you feel like you have to constantly go hey listen fuck it, i've got the goods like does it ever get a little frustrating uh not really it doesn't get frustrating because i like lyrical rap you know i i like rap that that displays um the skill set you know, at a high level. I, I'm just a fan of that type of music. So I'm not like the type of MC where I'm like, oh, I wish I could just like say some bullshit and still get props. You know, I, I'm like, no, I, every time I step up to the mic, I want to crush it. You know, I, I want to. But what about like before you even get a chance to get behind that mic? I'm sure as soon as you walk yeah. into the studio, people go, yeah. oh, look at this white boy over here going to do this fucking thing. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, definitely. You, you get some of that. You know, it's uh, I think. um you know, that's that's part of the territory of being a white person in in uh, in black music, you know, um, and hip hop obviously is black music. It was invented by black people. And to this day, you know, it's predominantly um, run by black people and the top artists are, are black people. So uh, for me, I'm just I feel fortunate to be able to participate. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm trying to participate in a positive way. And, uh, you know, I uh, I acknowledge the fact that I'm sort of a, a guest in the in the house of hip hop, you know, there you go. So, that's yeah, like someone that's a bit like uh you know like Marlon Craft, who's one of my favorite yes. I mean I think that guy he's he's New York as fuck, first of all. So it takes yeah. me back you know that Shook Ones cover he did where he uh, used the yeah. Shook Ones beat? That's kind of yeah. what blew him up, I think, on YouTube, certainly. Right. Um, it's all the basketball teams, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no, uh, no, no, the Shook Ones uh, beat where he's rapping about basically Marlon Craft, I mean he was I think he was seventeen or something at the time. Yeah, yeah. Put up this video, or maybe nineteen. He was a young guy, anyway. Yeah. Put up this yeah. video of him rapping over shook ones, but very much about when you you just made a very interesting comment saying as a guest in this this musical community, as it were. Right. And that's right. really, I think, the approach he maybe had, which is I'm deeply entrenched in hip hop music. You know, my friends right. are people of all color, and I've got you know a number of number of very close black friends who love hip hop and in, integrates me into that world. He lives right. in New York. He's definitely. You know, he's from Hell's Kitchen, I believe. So he's not yeah. necessarily the worst area, but it could be a bad area of Hell's Kitchen. Right. He's lived a bit of the life. But when right. he raps, he doesn't jump on and just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking this and I'm fucking that. It's more just going, hey, uh, you know, if I if I pulled a, a fucking starburst out of my out of my pocket, you know, the cops are not going to not going to pull a gun on me. Whereas if I was a black right. kid, I'd get two in the head. He raps about the shit him and his friends are experiencing and right. very much pays respect to that community. Yeah. Is that yeah. Is that something I, that transfers uh, transfers for you, your music as well, your own personal stuff? Def definitely, definitely. I mean, I I respect that that approach. I think that's the only approach to take personally as a, as a white artist in hip hop. You know, I heard uh, 
Murs say something interesting on, uh, I think it was on Kwali's podcast, The People's Party, but he was talking about how, um, you know, it's hard for white rappers in hip hop in the beginning, you know, you show up to the battle, you show up to the cypher and uh, everyone's like, oh, okay, white boy, you know what, you know, they, they judge you for being a white person in hip hop. And, uh, but he mentioned that once it's, it's harder for the rocket ship to get off the ground, but once it's off the ground, it's easy for it to, to fly. You you know, it's a lot easier for it to take off. And I think that's part of what Marlon is, is mentioning is that, you know, uh, to me, it's okay if it's harder for me as a white person in hip hop, because in American society, sadly, uh, it's a lot easier for me in almost every other regard. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And so, like, for me, okay, that's a small price to pay that I'll show up to a club and people are going to judge me and taunt me at first. Whatever. I, I can take that, you know, because uh, a lot of people who, who don't look like me have it a lot worse on a, on a daily basis. I, I have the same thing as an actor, you know? I get uh, sometimes... Um, you know, you'll you'll know you're perfect for a role, or the the casting comes out and it says, actually, right. uh, we're recasting this uh, for more diverse characters, which is the right. uh, polite liberal way for you know entertainment in Hollywood to say basically we want a black guy, right. <laughs> you know, rather right. than another white dude, and right. that's uh, made it incredibly difficult to 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 you know to get roles. There's a lot more roles now for people of color than there are for white people in Hollywood generally. Right. But every time I feel myself even getting like a little niggling feeling of oh isn't it so hard for me and i go yeah but every time i go into ralph's no one follows me around <laughs> you know what right. I mean? exactly if exactly. i if i talk call, call the police officer a piece of shit i'm not gonna die you know what i mean generally right 100 percent, 100 percent. it's real it's important to keep that perspective i think yeah it's good to have that reminder um oh we got so a couple of people in chat here a couple of uh, uh portland oregon locals in fact oh, dope. Seth Thompson, my buddy, and Jay Schoen both worked at the Abercrombie and Fitch in Portland, and they oh, used to they used to be outside with their shirt off. Did you ever have a, a picture taken with them with their shirts off outside Abercrombie? <laughs> no, I never had that opportunity. Dude, exactly. they they were out there. Basically, what you were doing down at Venice, they were doing it, but with less less verbiage and more tittage. Oh, beautiful. Okay, respect. Beautiful men, just beautiful men. <laughs> Shout out to Mer's atmosphere and rhyme says. There we go. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, obviously we're going to get you to. I, w- I want to save some some raps for for the end of it. I want to know a little yeah. bit more about what's been progressing over the last few months for you because it feels like, at least as an outsider's perspective, I'm sure it's been years of work, but from an yeah. outsider's perspective, it feels like in the last year or so you've had yeah. a f- number of large things pop off. You've had this, uh, you know, going uh, going on the on the on the on the radio show and and being able to do those freestyles for so many big artists has really right. launched you. Are you now? redesigning the career around that success and going okay right now i need to do this or now i should barely be releasing an album now i should be going on a world tour whatever you know yeah oh totally man yeah it's it's been an interesting trajectory you know um because uh in the beginning you know i was just trying to basically create video content for youtube in the hopes of going viral you know and, yeah yeah, and yeah. see what i was doing it's like you're just trying to get seen And, um, you know, we got lucky back in, it was in February, 2017, which is probably the day that you were were out there seeing us. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we had one that went viral, the Venice beach freestyle video that I made back in 2017. And, and that led to the opportunities you mentioned going on the radio station and getting to meet Joey badass and getting to meet, um, Kendrick Lamar. And, you know, I got to be on the Ellen show and, you know, I was in a Mitsubishi commercial and it was a big like wave of momentum that came all of a sudden. Um, which was great, obviously, and, and gave me a platform, and it's really, really exciting. Um, but it's also crazy trying to navigate that, you know, because you go from nobody knows who you are, you're just out there on the beach with your boys trying to shoot some video content, you know, pissing people off and having people say, get away from here, put the camera down, whatever. <laughs> so all of a sudden, people 
um, from from the outside world seeing you on those platforms and being like, oh, this guy made it. You know, he's good. He's on. You know, and uh, in reality, that's not the case. You know, those. Well, were you amazing. you rap a lot. Actually, you mentioned in your raps a lot, even in the freestyles. How you know, going. I'm not making mad bank. I'm not making crazy right. money right now. You know, yeah. I, I want to get there, but. I right. think people assume if you start getting a few hundred thousand views on every video or even millions right. of views on every video, suddenly you're a multimillionaire on YouTube, right. which is right, which couldn't be the fir which couldn't be further from the truth. Right. As people who content creators for YouTube, anyone will tell you, you know, it, it, you have to have a massive amount of viewership consistently in order Absolutely. to make even a decent income off of YouTube alone. Uh, but, you know. I can't blame people for seeing it that way because I was them. You know, I remember seeing, you know, freestyle videos on YouTube and seeing people go on Sway and just being like, damn, that guy's famous. You yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That guy's probably living the life. I or even someone like Mac Lethal. What do you think about Mac Lethal? Because he must make, he must actually make some pretty serious bank, I think, through his YouTube yeah. videos now. Right. I mean, at his, he's great. I, I, I think he's super, super talented, um, you know, and he crushes it on YouTube. So, you know, hats off to him. He's, he's obviously doing it right. And, and uh, yeah, he's at the level of viewership where he's probably seeing a decent bag just but, from the views. But very few and far between the numbers of people uh, in terms of, uh, you know, rappers on the platform who are making that kind of money. Right, right. I mean, it, that, that's one of the biggest things I learned from going viral and having these experiences is that the way it looks is a lot different from the way it actually is most of the time, right. you know, um, and perception is, is, is crazy. You know, the way that people perceive your success versus where you're actually at, like from a monetary standpoint, um, there's often a big gap between those two worlds. So, um, yeah, but, but definitely, man, I've been, you know, from the beginning, um, trying to figure out how to navigate and what the best move is. You know, I, I, really wanted to get a project out. So I, I grinded really hard and kind of took some time off the content creation side of things so that I could be in the lab writing and recording and, you know, drop my debut EP um, last year, which was which was a huge accomplishment for me. And I'm working on a new project now. And, you know, in order to make it as an independent artist, you kind of have to be Well, hang on, you got to you got to plug the EP first of all, You got to tell people oh, yeah. what it is. Yeah, content's under pressure. Yeah, that's the name of the EP. Uh, eight tracks. It's available everywhere. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, all that stuff. There we go. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, mo mostly produced by me. Also production from uh, my man Gabe Steiner, aka Bubs, um, Sam Barsh, and and Casper uh, and B. But I did a lot of the beats. So. I don't even think those are rap producers. I think those are just your buddies from college. <laughs> those sound oh, like yeah. college names you know john steiner aka bubs yeah, big yeah, yeah. big fiddly <laughs> old lanky toes mcgee yeah we were in the studio together that's just you and your boys getting together and singing some miller lights i know it <laughs> that's hilarious two two of them are just my friends from uh from college but but they I knew are, it. I knew but it. they're professional they're professional producers now though, okay. so they really right, are good it. but uh yeah they're both you know and so and so and so I mean, does, did did that success or viral success, whilst it might not result in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars floating into your bank account overnight, um, right. has it given you an audience globally where you now know, okay, I can go and do a show in London and I know it's going to sell or I can go and do a show across the, you know, across the coast, uh, the other coast? Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely. It's given me a fan base, which is invaluable. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's so important to, to succeeding as an artist is having real fans who are following your moves and who care about you and will buy those tickets when you show up and do a show. You know, last May, I did my first headlining tour, just a mini tour in the U.S. Uh, we hit up Chicago, Brooklyn, Portland, Oregon, um, San Francisco, and we did L.A., and, uh, you know, three out of the five shows were, were sold out or nearly sold out. 
Um, and two of the shows were, were pretty small. There was, you know, a lot of space yeah, yeah. still yet to fill, but it was dope just to get out to uh, get outside of LA and see like, wow, you know, pe this many people actually bought tickets, remembered to get up off the couch, show up to the concert. You know, they spent real money to be here and to support, they bought merch. Um, and that was super exciting, man. Even though, you know, we're starting small, it's just amazing to see that there are real fans in the world who, who care about what you're doing and are following, you know, following my progression. What would be um what would be the next uh the next no actually not the next what would be the ultimate I guess um goal like where where would you like to not that you're yeah. never gonna stop developing as an individual right. or as an artist but there right. must be something oh yeah if I do that I can sit back and feel pretty content about what what peak I've reached I think like you know if I if I played like the Hollywood Bowl or something like oh that, wow okay nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I if I if I could do like a show on that caliber and and uh, have it be packed and you know everybody with the phones up and the shining lights, that would be that would be dope, man. That's kind of the dream, you know. Like I think when you when when a lot of us touring musicians or or you know working musicians close our eyes and imagine it, it's something like the Hollywood Bowl, you know, something big scale like that. Um, oh yeah, out. for me it's like setting out Madison Square Gardens to stand up at Madison Square yeah. Garden. For Although yeah. no, neither of us is going to be doing either of those fucking things right now because <laughs> if you get more than right. 50 people together, you get slapped in cuffs. I mean, right. as, a, as a, you know, a content creator, I'm sure there's some stuff you can do at home, but also a lot of what you do relies on human interaction. Totally. And um, how have you found the old virus to affect your own, you know, your business and your, your creative yeah. Out, output? Yeah, luckily... Um we batched a lot of uh, like footage, like we got a lot of footage for my, my Gorilla Bars series is what we call it now, which is where we go out in the world and freestyle for strangers. Um, and so we, we, we shot a lot of stuff for Gorilla Bars right before this thing kind of happened. So luckily I'm like sitting on a decent amount of footage, still not enough to get me much further than maybe a month or two, you know, at best. But, um, you know, I'm still able to put out a few more videos. After that though, I don't know what's gonna happen with that part of my brand because so much of what makes those videos viral um is the human interaction and seeing people's reactions to my rapping right you know yeah. and you can really sense through the screen that they're genuine reactions that they're not actors i have um, an idea i have an idea for yeah, you yeah what do you got um you could do a broadcast from onto youtube from your phone so you can actually plug your phone in and have the the image uploaded to a, a live stream right. um broadcast on youtube a live stream of a uh, an Instagram live video. You could do these in one hour bursts over time, and yeah. then you can invite people into the into the into the chat or into the video yes. as you're yeah. as you're rapping, and they can throw some words. You'll hold up objects, and you can yes. bring them in and out. Something that's like that. It. I mean, that's it. That's that's what I was thinking about. Was either that or um, you know using FaceTime or something like that. But but Instagram's good because I don't have to give out my number or call people. Exactly. Or like yeah, you can keep it safe. Uh, and also, if someone's acting like yeah. an asshole, or whatever, you just fucking drop the call you know drop them yes um i mean but it's it's an interesting time for content creators and for freelancers of any kind especially yeah. um entertainers to to make money like i've had all my shows uh, canceled now until june until june oh, sucks man i'm sorry yeah sorry. like a european tour canceled like hosting a big event in europe that's been done load of stand up in vegas and long beach all of these things and um uh, i mean uh, how do how do you how do you envisage, you know, because neither of us are, are crazy wealthy guys yet, you know, we've, right. I'm sure we've both had periods of success and periods, you know, peaks and troughs. Sure. Yeah. Um, but how do you, how do you envisage yourself kind of navigating that as a creative and as someone who's an artist when there is no real work out there? 
Yeah, man. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm fucked. Yeah. All of us are going to have to kind of try to figure it out. But I do think the live streaming thing, like what we're doing now, is going to be huge. And it's kind of interesting because I, I started doing a weekly live stream back in October. It's called Wordplay Wednesday on my YouTube channel. And um, I just turned it on one day and started streaming, you know, freestyling off the live chat. People are typing in words, just like we're going to do in, in a bit here. But, yeah. um, you know, I didn't even realize that it was monetized. My buddy with- does that on Twitch, actually, a guy, um, uh, No One, MC No One. Okay. He, uh, he, uh, he used to do that on Twitch. He does a little bit more IRL streaming now, you know, traveling around the world. But Got he used you. to, yeah, he'd have everyone in the chat would just put words and he'd just boom, boom, boom as they roll yeah. out. Just keep- oh, it's perfect for any kind of improv. You know, it makes so much sense. Um, but I didn't realize that people were able to tip and just kind of throw money at you while you're doing it. So, um, that's been kind of big for me. I've, I've built that to a point. It was very small when I first started, people would just throw a couple bucks here and there. Um, but now it's at a point where people are kind of donating consistently throughout the stream. So if I'm live for an hour or two, um, you know, you're collecting donations the whole time, some, some big, some small, um, but it's basically up paying rent, right? What's that? It's like, yeah, like live crowdfunding. You pay rent at the end of those streams sometimes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. It's a little weird, you know, to, to get comfortable with at first. I was like, well, what am I doing? You know, it makes you feel like a stripper or something. Not, <laughs> not <laughs> I but, mean, um, yeah, there are websites for that as well. You can start an OnlyFans page. Just Exactly, exactly. I felt like a cam girl or something at first. Which, which HarryMaxFeet.com. Uh, there we yeah, go. <laughs> exactly. Hey, man, if I can show my feet and get paid. More power to anyone who can show their feet and get paid. I think I that's amazing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think that'll be really big, you know, is basically virtual concerts. Um, and it's cool, you know, it's never going to be as cool as the Hollywood bowl or Madison square garden, you know, uh, but hopefully, uh, we can get back to doing those kind of shows before too long, but I think nobody knows what's, what's going to happen going forward here. So it's a little together. It is a little bit worrying. I got some. Uh, I got some questions here actually from. Uh, oh, well, I've almost uh, removed you from the thing. Let me not do that. Uh, <laughs> this is why we do live. This is live editing. See, live editing. Excuse me for a second. Let me get yes, this. Uh, okay, there we go. Oh no, I'm fucking it up. I'm making you big. I'm making you small. There we go. I'll put you back <laughs> in the middle. All right. Um, so we got some listener questions. Basically, people who are who are patrons on the cool. site will send in questions that they want to ask different guests here we go so james gaps wanted to uh wanted to ask well this question is about social media and i think it sort of ties to what we've just been talking about in terms of that human interaction he says that social media seems to be a good indication of the combative nature of humanity um and he feels that social media is a brutal pit of hatred and despair for the most part because people don't have a big enemy to target their hatred and fear towards He's right. wondering, do we need some kind of big enemy like like we've had in the past when in periods of, you know, international conflict or even yeah. right now, the kind of shit that Trump's trying to peddle that, you know, the cr- yeah. Chinese virus. He keeps keeps calling it the Chinese right. infection, the Chinese virus. It's like, oh I mean, it existed in various forms prior to its, its uh, you know, uh, evolution in China to humans yeah. all around the world. But do we need a big bad to direct our energy towards or is it simply in human nature to hate? Uh, that's a that's a great question. That's yeah, a, great a question. kind of a depressing question as well. Because yeah, the is. answer might be, yes, we love hating on each other. I mean, I think we, I mean, to, to a degree we do, right? I mean, like everyone has has you know gotten together with friends and then it's turned into a gossip fest where you're kind of talking shit about people you we're know we're very vain humans are very yeah. vain we're the only creatures who need mirrors to constantly be checking our exactly our, you know 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's unhealthy, you know. I think, but I think it is very human to put other people down so that you can feel a little better about your own existence. You know, I mean, I think that's what a lot of reality TV is. Is like people will say, "I know it's stupid, but I I still love watching it." And I think some of that comes from some of it is just sheerly entertaining to see people kind of self destruct on TV. But some of it is also like that makes you feel more in control of your life. Absolutely. You're like, yeah. Why do we re why do we revel in that? Why do you think we revel? Because I look, I, I'll be honest yeah. with, you, so, with you. I yeah. have to constantly the kind of uh, growth I'm trying to do as an individual. Yeah. On a not a daily basis, but on a weekly basis, I might see something or read something or whatever, and just be like, "Oh God, that's so fucking that's such bullshit," <laughs> or it's or it's right. such industry, you know, industry fucking facade. You know, it's all very two phase or but whatever it is. And rather yeah. than just going like, "Hey." Good for them. Get on with it. You know, someone's doing something good. Great, great, great. It, yeah. I have to catch myself and go, listen, if you remotely put any energy into hating this thing, you're only dis doing a disservice to yourself and the kind yes. of person you should be. Yes. But, but there, is, there, is a, there is a human desire in a lot of people, I think, to kind of shit on other people. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, look, man, I have to deal with it too. I also, you know, am at a point in my life where – I'm starting to notice the negativity more, you know, when that voice comes up in my head of, oh, like, screw that person, like, they're faking it, you know, they don't deserve all, it's like, whoa, you know, that, it, it's not good, and, and trying to at least recognize it, take a step back from it, and say, hey, let that go, you know, um, when I have a success, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope that people who see it applaud it, and, and are happy for me in a genuine way, but, but I can't. There'll still, there'll still be a Reddit forum where they won't. <laughs> of course, of course, and it is what it is, you know, and, and, you know, um, it's going to be called reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Harry Whack. Yes. Yes. That, he, you, look, people have called me that already. So what can I say? Fuck those you know? people. Uh, yeah. What can you do? I try not to reply to the negative comments. I used to always reply yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. say something really smart. And then I realized, you know, the person who said that is not going to learn from my reply that they should be a better person. I'm not going to get through to that person. You know, if, if you're taking the time to sit there and type negative comments on somebody else's content, you know, something that they feel proud of and had a good time making and you're going to sit back and say this is bullshit. There's no way that I'm going to get through to that person. So I see I disagree there, man. I feel like there's there's an element of yes, is this just wasted energy and it's impossible right. to get through? It's someone who is already in that mindset of wanting to shoot down everyone else's creative process right. because they maybe wish they could do that themselves or whatever. There's right. also another element that I think if you can, the, 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 the comeback that most people have, like if I get heckled on stage, which very, yeah. rare, very rarely happens and it's normally a drunk cunt, you know, late at night. <laughs> right. um, but if that does happen, I go right. like, they're doing this from a place of insecurity Mm -hmm. And the most cutting and honest thing that might change them, might possibly yeah. just in a small way, yeah. is to go so deep with the honesty of why they're doing that, yeah. that it kind of breaks them a little bit. And I know yeah. it's, that's a dangerous line to walk, but rather than being yeah. a, or flip it on them, like right. I'll, if someone's fuck, fucking me up, when I'm at the comedy cellar, you know, what, right. the, arguably the best comedy venue in a fucking America. And yeah, when I'm yeah, performing yeah. on that stage with like Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and people like that, my heroes, yeah. and Holy someone shit. fucking talks during my set, yeah, I will go at them with a with an approach of, listen, I get it, you're you're just, I get it, you go through life, no one gives a fuck, you know, you've always been able to say what you want, you're beautiful, you're talented, you got all these things going for you. I literally have this going for me. This is right. the thing I live to fucking do. I have 15 minutes to validate my shit existence, right. and you're ruining that now, and that will crush me. Why do you yeah. want to hurt me so much? And often that brings people to a place of like, 
they almost go like, well, I mean, I was just trying to be, but you almost have yeah. to slap, slap that shit into them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. No, you, you know what? You're right. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you gotta tell people the truth. You, know? but you think nine times out of 10, it's an 11 year old who's just going to go, Oh, shut up, cuck. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, they've already decided they don't fuck with me and, and they want an argument, you know? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, no matter what I say, they'll find a way to shit on that. And then suddenly I'm wrapped up in this negativity I don't really have time for. So I don't know. I think the easiest thing for me is to just make a hard rule, you know? Because in general, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to keep everything outside of the music making simple. So I'm like, okay, if I just decide negative comments get ignored 100% of the time, it's easier for me to navigate. But I'm human, so there's times where something rubs me the wrong way and I reply, you know, or or something really... It's always the comments where they say the insecurities that I already have about myself. Yeah, Those yeah, are yeah. the ones that are hard. You know, when yeah, people absolutely. just say random stuff, like somebody was like, I see your hair is going gray. I hope you die soon. You know, that <laughs> like, see, that's funny. Like that doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, but yeah, when yeah. someone's like, hey, you're way better at freestyling than writing songs. You know, like, I don't think it'll ever work. It's a gimmick. Then it's like, oh, wow. Like that's the kind of stuff that sometimes I wonder about. Because myself. it plays upon an insecurity you already sort of hold inside of yourself. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Same thing happens to me as well. People like people fuck fuck with my aesthetic a huge amount, right. um, and then also yeah, they'll go like they go like, oh you're like a fucking shit Russell Brown or something. I go like I'm not, but there is a part of me that maybe thinks I am because <laughs> exactly. because you know because you always put yourself down there. You know it's uh, exactly. such a part. Do do you um do you believe that maybe the the process of you becoming an entertainer and doing what you do is yeah. um is a desire a need a desperation almost for validation or is it yeah. purely because we can all peddle this i'm just a creative mind man this is what i gotta do i gotta put that out but that's where i think the social media bullshit has to be reined in a little bit right the, the instagram quotes and instead going where right. does this where does that come from for you where does that design that need to be praised and uh adored yeah. come from Man, I mean, I think you're right. I think like, you know, most of us performers are just insecure and just want somebody to pat us on the back and say, good job. You know, that's why we go in front of crowds and, and do this torturous thing that, you know, it, like I get super nervous before I perform. Sometimes I'm like, why do I keep doing this? And I think it's because at the end of the day, I'm hoping the people will applaud for me and I can say, okay, Harry, good job. You know, yeah, I think yeah. that, that is a big, if I'm being honest, you know, and yeah, I am super creative and I've always been creative and had, you know, that is what excites me. Making music excites me. Even if I'm by myself and no one gets to hear it, it is when I'm having the most fun, you know, as a human on earth. So I do love it, but like, um, I would also you, do you think album. you would put as much time and energy into it if it wasn't if it hadn't have been such a, a successful return for you as well? Uh, I think I'm I th actually honestly I think I would because the thing is um, for years and years and years I wasn't getting that positive feedback you know I was just struggling to try to become good you know right. and that's the thing is like learning an instrument takes years my first instrument was violin the first year you're on the violin it sounds like you're strangling a cat the first year just right. to get a a decent sound out of the instrument requires a year's worth of dedication, uphill battle, sounding shitty and still going on. So, um, you know, I think that like, uh, the challenge of it always intrigued me. And I think possibly even if, if I wasn't getting the feedback, I would still, it would still be what intrigues me the most. I don't know. I'm just a musical person, but, um, it's a great question. And I, I honestly, I'll never know the answer to that. And I do know that, um, you know, I, I am sort part of me is just seeking validation. Part of me, I think all of us as humans, like 
we can't ever get outside of our own experience. You know, we, we, it's like that brain in the vat thing, you know, it's like, we're, we're just, it could all be an illusion. We're just experiencing it through our brain. I can't know what it's like to be you. You can't know what it's like to be me. So I think all of us are kind of just reaching out like, hey, like, do you love me? Is it the same for you? Like, are we in this together? And I think that's a, you know, without getting weird and philosophical, um, no, I want to get weird and philosophical. That's that's the, that's <laughs> see that's the bit. It's taking us fifty minutes, but this is the depth. I'm, trying yeah. to, I'm just trying to chip away and go like, you know, what drives us? What makes? I'm very yeah. interested in the process yeah. of why content creators, why artists make fucking make art. Like it's right. it, there's part of it, of course, that has come inherently from you. But I was never a standout when I was a kid. I was an actor. Right. I've always been an actor. Got but it. then now that I'm very like my success has come from stand-up comedy totally. i'm not gonna lie there's an element that keeps me exploring oh, yeah. that and developing it and now it's a part of who i am but it wasn't originally you know right right yeah and i think i can relate to that too uh, you know why am i focusing so much energy on the freestyle component of my artistry specifically because that is the part that has gone viral that's the part that people are like wow this guy's an amazing freestyle yeah. you know i mean if i was all about the art and my message I probably would be willing to hang up the freestyle thing entirely just to write albums. And I'm yeah. not, you know, I love the freestyle. But then album. also freelance artists, you got to pay rent. Exactly. That comes into play as well. You know, um, yeah, what... you got to give the people what they want so you can get paid. Absolutely. <laughs> My dudes, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure sort of meandering right. down this, yeah, this, uh, this conversation with you. I, I wanted to leave a little bit of time so we could do, yes. first of all, plugs for the EP for any upcoming shows. We'll do that um, yes. right at the end so people can make sure they check you out. Uh, also, shout out to our sponsor, cbdeeper.com. I should have done this ages ago, but we're enjoying the conversation so much uh, with yeah. Mr. Harry Mack. Uh, CBDeeper, finest purveyors of CBD vapes. I know you're worried. You're like, oh no, is vaping not good for you anymore? Check their website on all of their products. They do extensive lab testing to prove there's no vitamin E, no heavy metals, no pesticides in any of their vapes. They also don't charge you what other companies do. They charge about half the price and they put 55% CBD in every single one of their one gram and half gram vape cartridges comes in a wide range of flavors check them out cbdeeper.com use code savage and you'll get 10 percent off at checkout as well you can't say fair than that all right mr harry mack you got some beans yes. lined up over there i got you bro you okay chat was listening chat has been listening to us uh so i got to get them a bit more life back into chat let me get some uh let me get a little bit of back in right now boom 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 yeah here we go right so chat um let me get some suggestions. If you are watching this live on YouTube or on Facebook, drop some suggestions right now in the chat of subject matters you would love Harry Mack to freestyle about. I'm going to start just throwing words at him. Seth Thompson has very kindly already listed up a whole load here as well, which I'm going to yeah. read out to you. Um, but I'd like to get some from other people. Laughing Orgasms, let's get you back in here. Matt Aronson, Jay Schoen, Gumball Shark. Uh, make sure you give me some suggestions. Melly S, Mido Mido. Let me get some suggestions from all of you because I know a load of you are still watching and I will give them to Harry Mack. All right, man, what, uh, what do you want to do? What beat do you want to... Uh, here, I'll drop a beat in and then just start throwing me words. Does that work? Okay, yeah, sounds good. All right. How's that? Can you hear it? Oh, that sounds great, yeah. All right. All right, hit me. Here we go, here we go. All right, let's kick it off with the Rona. The Rona? Yeah, the Rona, oh, as in Corona. I be the livest, the Rona, abbreviation, it's for the virus, yeah, you know I be the sickest on the rhyme scene, matter of fact, I be sicker than the COVID-19, uh, hey. hey yo, I'm about to make the land shake, right now we sick, so we don't allow handshakes, uh, hey, love, yo, government mandate, hey yo, I'm about to do it, what was it? Love. 
Yo, check it. I really rise above. I do this music thing, but is it for the love? Because honestly, I'm wondering if I just make creation so people pat me on the back and give me validation. Yeah, off the top, you know they couldn't stop it, though. Me and my man Jeff is getting philosophical. Lockdown, uh, lockdown. Yo, I'm a rock sounds. I got the whole game on lockdown. Uh, off of the top, I will explore the scene. I got these corny rappers up on quarantine. Yo, they can't even come outside the house. Got the game locked down with the lyrics out my mouth. Uh. Oregon, Oregon. Yeah, shout to everyone that be supporting him. Coming out of Oregon. If you step to me, you out of luck. You get stuck. I'ma score the touchdown just like the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Cause off the top, I'll be the meanest fellow. Pop up in a football jersey that's green and yellow. Uh, Jeff's foreskin, Jeff's foreskin. Uh, yo, me and Jeff are more kin. I'm rapping about his foreskin. Hey, yo, y'all know that I'm live. But Jeff, I don't really know if you're circumcised. Yeah, because I ain't never seen your dick. When I spit, you know I come through with the meanest shit. Don't receding hairlines. Receding hairlines. I, I got the rare rhyme. Spit till I got receding hairline. Yo, I just say what I say. I got a full head of hair, but I am going gray. Uh, And when I'm on it, yo, these rappers don't move me. Pretty soon I'll be all gray like the rap. George Clooney. Global yeah. warming, global warming. Yo, I'm storming. When I'm performing, I might be causing global warming because I melt the atmosphere. Yes, my flow's prone to go in the air and put a hole up in the ozone. Harry Mag, you know he flows true. Am I really spitting air or is it CO2? Yeah, I told you when I'm off the top, I'd be like Jesus. I'm trying to save the environment driving in the Prius. Hey, Netflix, Netflix. <laughs> Yo, y'all can sweat this. Trying to get a series up on Netflix because when it comes to rhymes, I go really hard. Someone in Netflix needs to call and buy gorilla bars matter of fact yo i'm ill when i spit i don't want them to buy it i need to have a fair split ninja turtles ninja turtles yeah, i'ma hurt you i'm a classic on the mic like the ninja turtles yeah when i do it man i really go the hardest as a kid i didn't know they were named after artists later on i realized those ninja turtle dudes were named after the artists who have paintings in the loom neck yo i do it i'm the freshest on the scene I'm cbd vapes cbd vapes yeah Hey, yo, I'm really about to transcend. I transition from weed to talking about CBD pens. Uh, hey, yo, there's nothing they can tell me. He's sponsored by the CBD pens that's most healthy. Hey! Might have to buy one for real, yo, I'm on ya. Rapping about CBD marijuana. I had to plug the sponsors, so maybe I'll get paid. It's every Mac, you know my freestyle. Power Rangers, Power Rangers. Yeah, I never been a stranger. As a kid, y'all know I was watching Power Rangers. Yeah, hey yo, my lyrics never going soft. At the end of every episode, they would battle the boss. Uh, yo, check it. I'm shot really glass, shot glass. Yo, hey yo, I right, check it. Yo, yo, I be flipping it off at the tip of the brain whenever I'm spitting. I talk fast. All of these rappers they getting so twisted like they taking shots out of shot glass. Hey. Uh, you know I'm rhyming like what? I go to the bar. I need some shots. We lining them up. I take the shot to Jack or the shot to Jen. I keep on drinking till I'm running out of oxygen. Hey yo, my beat starts fading. Now it's going quiet. Rappers want to step to Henry Mac. They shouldn't try it. Hey, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me get some. Wow, Harry, that was fucking beautiful, dude. Thank you so <laughs> much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for uh, making an hour of actual 
intelligent and talented content on this 12-hour stream. <laughs> oh, man, my pleasure, bro. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. It's been absolute lunacy the rest of the time, and you brought some wonderful cohesion to it with your amazing freestyle raps and your wonderful conversation. Uh, ladies okay. and gentlemen, check him out. It's at Harry Mack on all social media. Make sure you find him on Instagram. Make sure you find him on Twitter. Give him a yep. follow. Make sure you check out where his live show is going to be at on YouTube. Tell us the YouTube channel. Yeah, uh, youtube.com slash Harry Mack, M-A-C-K. Don't forget the K. And uh, yeah, man, Gorilla Bars uh, every two weeks and Wordplay Wednesday every Wednesday. Tap in live, throw your words in the chat. I'll throw them in the raps. And also the EP that is currently out right now is called? Yes, sir. Contents Under Pressure, available on all streaming platforms. There you go. Make sure you buy it. Go out there and buy yeah. it. Don't, don't just play it on Spotify. Go and buy the album. There you yes. go. Give this man some support. Uh, and also, if people want to find out where you're performing live outside of the social media, if they just want to use a website. Oh, uh, harrymacofficial.com. There you go. harrymacofficial.com is a site you want. Thank you so much for joining us, man. You're an Thank absolute you. legend. Appreciate it, bro. All right, brother. Take care. All right, you too. Peace. Bye, bye, bye.